You guys ready? Yeah. Thanks. Uh, Magic Mike is back in the house. Right? Word up. Yeah, I'll be right Take, it gonna, Take it off. Take it off. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's Unsportsmanlike Convo. Right. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome to the Unsportsmanlike Convo. I am Brock, and in the other camera, if you can uh, see that properly, the Browns versus Pittsburgh, oh. one o'clock on a basketball whiteboard. Bye, my goals. E dog, Cariotti. Pepe, you doing? What's going on, brother? How you doing? <laughs> I'm all right. So, what's with the? Uh, <laughs> With the basketball clipboard, uh, I don't have a football one or just a random one. So uh, I had this when I was co- back in the day when I was coaching. I ran some uh, not so successful plays. Yeah. On okay. This okay. Boy. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's all I got for. That's all I got for you. That's uh, my my clipboard is a basketball clipboard, and it'll be multi uh, multi use, I guess. Multi use. Okay. Well, uh, as you posted on our Facebook group page. Uh, we're going to be talking about a variety of things today. Some NFL, a couple of teams that are on the uh, the hot seat. Uh, the Red Blacks mm-hmm. fire their GM. We got Yuck. the imp- impending World Series that begins tonight. And uh, some NHL news in terms of some of our local teams are not faring very well. And uh, they might want to mm-hmm. figure that out sooner than later. So, mm-hmm. um, And uh, as well, we're going to be doing uh, trivia to give away... Where is my? Uh... <laughs> Let's see this thing. <laughs> I think we. I think you put a hex on him when you when you introduced him to me a couple weeks ago because he's been not so good. <laughs> <laughs> that is not me. That is not you, but that is not me. And this is old actually because he's got the A and not the C. And uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, for those is Leaf that fans, a stuffy is that just bas- like a that's stuffy? a yes. Yeah, I'm squeezing it like it's gonna squeak. It doesn't, but it's uh, it's a stuffy. <laughs> He's got uh, an interesting haircut. Uh, anyway, uh, you know what reminded me of this is uh, I watched the Am- uh, the series on Amazon, the the Leafs series behind uh, behind the scenes, whatever it's called. Did you see that? I haven't. It's it's actually really good. Um, I think it was supposed to be a ten episode series, mm-hmm. but because they went out of the playoffs so quickly, and it was only five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. Uh, there's nothing else from the cover. Sad. They were, it yeah, it was sad. Anyway, we got a John uh, Tavares one, and uh, all or nothing was the thing. Thank you. And then again, mm-hmm. I don't know why. I'll give this away too. Anyway, okay. So we got awesome. four questions throughout the uh, the episode and uh, or the show, and a few uh, comment and in the comments during the show, the right answer. So we'll whoever gets the most right uh, out of four. They can win something. Try not to. Try not to Google. Yeah, uh, Google. I mean, you Google, it might take you longer to to get your answer in. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, And we're probably going to be taking the comments off the Facebook page. We'll have, uh, I think producer Mike is taking a look at the Cap City Beats maybe, uh, just in case somebody's putting the comments in that way. But, uh, yeah, anyway, just something to mess around with and and see kind of what we like. Actually, you want to start with the first question? Yeah, you know what? I got one. Or do you do? You Go ahead. Wanna, you got you one. Go. One? I got one. Okay. Michael jo- Michael Jordan wore three numbers over his NBA career: twenty three, forty five, and what was the third number he wore in his NBA career? How you like them apples? That's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Is it number two because that's how he finished in the all time list <laughs> behind LeBron? No. Oh okay. I'm just going to get people writing in hate comments. It's all good. That's what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, let's get the... You could start rolling on whatever you want to talk about. Yeah? Well, yeah. Check out this hoodie, brother. Check yeah. out this hoodie. <clears throat> check out this, buddy. Look at that. That's that is a helmet hoodie. <laughs> That's actually not bad. I had this on oh, and... Producer Mike was like, uh, you're going to die of overheating. I'm like, yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, well, we'll we'll talk about the Bengals a little bit later on because uh, they had a huge, uh, really a statement win in Baltimore this week. But uh, do we have anything? Do anything you want to add intro wise before we get into the pigskin? No, we're trying to to shave down the intro a little bit because it is only an hour show, so we want to get into covering a bunch of stuff. Um, things are important. I mean, it's, you know, shouting out people and people that mean a lot to us and events and stuff. But uh, I just wanted to shout out Mike Ferreira for uh, organizing that film and right. Uh, I popped in to see the film and right game, which is your former high school, as well as Mr. Ferreira's. And uh, it was the junior team. They got their butts handed to them, but uh, that's okay. They came back and made it uh, made it a game in the second half. So a lot of people show up. I know. I know. Big Mikey was uh, pumping it out there because uh, he fits in his grade nine jacket. Actually, you know who was there it was Chris Flynn, St. Mary's uh, icon, CF former CFLer, legend, um, Canadian legend, and really, really nice guy. Like really, truly a nice guy. So um, he was there, um, but I didn't really recognize anybody else. There were a lot of parents there that I didn't recognize. I've been out of the scene for a long time too, so yeah, you would recognize it. But anyway, it was nice to see him. Oh, it's great. It's unfortunate that uh, they didn't win, but um, nice to have people out there. I would have, uh, I don't know if I would have went, but it was, it was I, didn't I was debating it, um, but I was actually scouting a peewee game for uh, a Cap City, uh, Capital City Academy. Oh, hey, hey CFI is back up and running this winter. We are Canadian pumped. Football Institute. The Canadian Football Institute, so our high-level training and actually our youth program is going to be up and running too. So we've locked down the Algonquin Dome and awesome. we'll be doing Sunday mornings from 9 to 11. Uh, obviously, I'm hoping that uh, you know we'll get a lot of the same uh, coaches. Well, we've already locked down coaches that we have for uh, the, the, the senior stuff, but the juniors are... Uh, you know, a lot of the same coaches we had for the football forward type initiative that we had at Lansdowne or TD Place. You were uh, awesome. a big part of that, so hopefully we'll get you back out. Um, Good crew. And, uh, yeah, <clears throat> we're pumped to, to have a bit of normalcy back and get the training back. So, anyway, no kidding. That's, uh, check out uh, CanadianFootballInstitute.com. I should have a little banner for it um, where you can register. Registration is open now. We are limited for numbers still, so make sure you get in sooner than later. Right on. Um, other than that, um, I'm going to be setting up a golf tournament for next summer for football forward. And, uh, I just reached out to, uh, my buddy, Jesse Palmer to see if nice. he would have any interest in coming up for it. And he was all in. So we got to, uh, once the I get bachelor. dates and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm like, he says, well, the shooting schedule might be something I got to take into consideration. So I guess, yeah, we're going to see if we can get the, uh, maybe the bachelor Ottawa or something. We'll get it up here at the same time, whatever. Anyway, it'll be good. Uh, obviously, that's uh, that's a cool uh, cool thing if we can get somebody like him back. Obviously, he had a big tie to Ottawa football, and that you know, helped him spearhead his career of having the best gig in the NFL as a third string quarterback holding a clipboard, and then move on to uh, the a media. I don't. Uh, well, he's now al- he's a color analyst. Is he? He does color for one of the colleges. Is he not? Or is he just an ABC analyst? Yeah, so he he works for ESPN, but he ESPN, does okay. a multitude of other things. I mean, I'm watching. I see commercials still for him, and anyway, yada yada. He is all over the place, and uh, you know, generally won't. He's say a marketable no. commodity. You know, he's he's well spoken, good looking kid. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Use him. They got him. Use it while you got it, kiddo. All right, let's uh, let's move on to uh, some more sports. Pigskin. NFL. <laughs> Again, Mikey, producer Mike's in the background, probably cursing us, saying, give us some sort of workup because we just went radio silent there for a second. And <laughs> anyway, good job, Mike. Uh, Way to okay. be on your toes. We're working on our timing routes. All right, we uh, so hey, listen, uh, week seven in the NFL, the uh, the good teams are starting to um, create some distance from the bad teams. Uh, you know, the uh, like Las Vegas Raiders put a thump into the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, those types of games are starting to show who's, I think, who might be legit and who uh, who are isn't, frankly. And uh, so, Brock, you and I have compiled a few teams. 
uh, I've created a list myself and uh, of five teams. Actually, I actually have six for whatever reason. Um, who where I think it's actually time to hit the panic button. Um, and it's not just it's not your it's not the obvious teams who are stinking up the joint. Like uh, you know, of course they're are they pressing the panic button in New York for the Jets? No. I mean, they know they're going to stink. Houston, there's no panic button. They suck. So grabbing um, Flacco is not a panic move. No, it's a, okay. it's a, okay. we got to keep this thing. We got to keep this thing together because we have some young receivers and we don't want them to lose a year of development. So let's hope maybe a veteran guy comes in here when uh, Zach Wilson uh, recovers from his injury. Um, you know, at least there's a veteran guy behind him. So we'll see what happens. But um, these teams, I think, I mean, it's time for them to press the panic button because they had you know, high, lofty expectations coming into the season, and now they're really struggling. So I'll start with the one that may not be so obvious. Even, they're four and three, so you wonder, well, how, why are they pressing the panic button? But the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are in injury trouble. They're four and three. They've had a couple of tough losses, and now they play a three and three Steelers team. Um, I say the winner of this game, sorry, the loser of this game finishes last in that division. Um, we know now that Cincinnati's legit. Baltimore is also legit just the way they play football. They're built for this time of year. I think the loser of this Cleveland-Pittsburgh game this weekend at 1 o'clock will finish last in that division. Makes sense. I mean, uh, the Steelers are in the arguably the toughest division right now. And Four the, great teams, right? I mean, the Bengals are... The Bengals are probably the the biggest surprise for me this season on how well they've done consistently. And they seem to be improving over and over. I honestly Mm. didn't think Jamar Chase was going to come in and have the impact he's had so immediate. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, with all the talk at the beginning of the season of like, oh, I can't handle these bigger balls (laughs) than what they have in college. And, uh, you know, a lot of drop season preseason. But, again, that's Burroughs' guy, right? They have that... Uh, familiarity from college uh, on a very explosive offense. So it's uh, it's been a real pleasure to watch this team sort of grow and, and quickly come together and figure it out. Absolutely. And uh, I, I really do think that out of the two Ohio teams that people would be, if we were talking about week eight, going into week eight, thinking since he's the team in Ohio to look out for, not Cleveland. I think everyone would think we were crazy coming into the preseason. So, but that's the case. I mean, Cleveland, I, I mean, Cleveland's in trouble. I don't know if the expectations in Pittsburgh were very high, except for people who live in Pittsburgh and myself. <laughs> but I mean, if they win this week, I think that's a, it's going to be, it's a successful half season, at least be going four and three at this juncture, considering how they've been playing. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a huge game. It's a huge uh, not only is it a conference game, but divisional game. It's a big game. My second team to be, uh, I think, that needs to press the panic button are the Miami Dolphins. I mean, they're one in six. You know, they're actually percentage points behind the Jets in that division, who sit at one in five. I mean, it's panic time. That team was destined it, for though? the playoffs in preseason. Well, I mean, preseason they were the hot they were the hot pick to win the division, let alone, um, you know, like make the playoffs. Now they're sitting at one and six. There's Watson rumors. I mean, confidence in two is probably at an all-time low. The poor guy's got no confidence, I'm sure. Maybe within the organization, Flores is a good coach. But, I mean, it's panic time in Miami, bro. I guess they weren't on my uh, top five of teams to panic just because, again, my expectations of the Dolphins weren't. Like, if they were leading the division, they would be more of a surprise for me, I think, still. Okay. Um, one of the teams that I do find, well, I mean, okay, so we're obviously going to get into probably our last one will be the same. Uh, but uh, like a team like the the 49ers is a team that I think should be hitting the panic button right now because, you know, yeah, there's been some injuries, but <clears throat> last year their whole thing was that everybody was injured. Now mm. their defense is, you know, back to – as, as a pretty decent, what you can expect for being six games into the season, six yep. or seven, whatever. Um, but these guys are not winning. Garoppolo is not looking great. Now there's, mm. you know, the, the quarterback controversy and, and discussion is going to be played throughout mm. the locker room. It's going to be a, a split as to, you know, who should be starting uh, between him and Trey Lance. There's um, the quote I... Uh, I put out there from one of his old teammates that talked about uh, Garoppolo quitting, not wanting to go Bennett. out there. 
Um, is it Martellus one Bennett? The, one of the Bennett's. The, one the, of the Bennett's. It was the uh, was it the tight end that was Marte- Marcellus was or Mar- or uh, Marcellus the one? Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's the one that uh, yeah, Michael Bennett's the D line. Yeah, it wasn't him though, was it? No, I think it was the tight end who was talking uh, talking junk. But I mean, which the, uh, yeah, he was with the Patriots. That's right, and which yeah. is when it happened. So anyway, you get stuff like that. I don't know. I just I feel like the 49ers will be needing to hit the panic button. There was a lot higher they, expectations for them this season. They are on my list. I mean, again, I'm not this isn't stuff that we're making up. The 49ers and the Miami Dolphins were on everyone's preseason at least playoff teams. I mean, there was one guy talking about the 49ers coming out and making the Super Bowl this year. You know, good defense, good running game. Oh, yeah. uh, the receivers are capable and they're just not I think they're they're making they have costly turn, turnovers in in opportune times. Um, but they have all the pieces, but they're sitting at two and four. Um, so yeah, they were one of my teams as well. And like, you know, just going, going, I keep going harping on Miami because they really are in my eyes, a disappointment, but they were the team that you and I both thought they're going to take a step back this year. The expectations were high. They had a couple of really nice wins at the end of the year last year, but I didn't think they'd come back and, uh, and have the same success. And we were, they're, they're proving us right, which is great. Um, not for them. I, I have, um, I have the whole like NFC East basically as pressing the panic button, except Dallas. So Washington, Philly, and New York are all two and five, while Dallas sits at five and one. So Dallas has a pretty comfortable lead in that division, you know, uh, one third of the way through the season. So I think all three of those cities have to press the panic button. Who do you think out of those three teams has a legit shot at a wild card between Washington, Philly, and New York? Uh, I would probably go with. I don't know. Washington was the team that I sort of, I don't know. I see them surprising things. I think their defense is really good. If they can get the run game sort of established, their O-line I felt pretty confident in. Um, Heineke came out and showed some gusto early on. So, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think that would be right up there. But, uh, you know, again, Jalen Hurts has shown me a couple things too. There's a lot more weapons, it seems. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really like Hurst. Uh, hurts in in the, his style, and he's not afraid to run, and he's going to put his body out there. He's got a couple of uh, weapons, um, mm-hmm. but whatever. I'm going to go with Washington. I'm, I think I'm just going to go with them. Although the point differential is the least is with the Eagles at minus 26, so um, they've kept things a lot closer now. A lot of it's garbage points, but um, yeah, I'll take Washington right now. Yeah, I. I mean, if I if I had to, I would probably take Washington. I don't think any of those three teams are going to sniff the playoffs, but that's uh, those three teams need to press the panic button now. One more law: if they all lose this weekend, I don't think any of them play each other. If they all lose this weekend and go two and six, and Dallas goes six and one, I mean, it's it's lights out. So, um, and then my last team I had on my list, actually, sorry, I, I didn't mention the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, that's what I thought was going to be yeah. like the. The, the clear one on both our lists that we're saving for the end, whatever, the Kansas City Chiefs need to press the panic button now. Yeah. And, I mean, they were almost they crowned Super Bowl champs before the season started. Uh, you think nobody can keep up with them from an offensive uh, juggernaut perspective. Like, nobody matches up well with them. Tyreek Hill's going off for 200 yards in, like, the first game or something. Mm. Um, and then they got handled nicely by... The Titans. I mean, the Ravens beat them in, in something that was, you know, again, it was an interesting match. The Titans destroyed them, and the Titans mm-hmm. are not healthy. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest aspect is that they're not fully there. Nope. And, I mean, the Titans now, they've beat the Bills and the Chiefs in back-to-back weeks with a team that is not fully healthy. That's impressive. I mean, it was it was 27-0 at half. It finished 27-3, I think, was the final score. But, I mean, 10... Kansas City's defense is Swiss cheese. Like there's, it is not good. They can't stop the run. They can't, definitely can't stop the pass. Uh, I don't like what I'm seeing. Their offensive line has a lot of new faces, but you know they're two of them are veteran guys. Uh, you know they're good play. They're all good players. There's no reason for them to have this kind of dysfunction on offense. But I don't like what I'm seeing from Mahomes. I think, you know his his uh, his equivalent. Like, if there was a basketball equivalent, he'd be like the Steph Curry of quarterbacks, right? He's done things we've never seen. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's, he's, he's got the no-look pass, which I've never seen in football in my life. Not that there's any point to it. But I, I just think that his game got old pretty quickly. Like, you don't – he just kind of 
I mean, I'm, I'm again, I'm jumping the gun here. Who knows? They can go, they can win the win out, and no one will be surprised. But I just don't like what I'm seeing in their offense. He's got jittery feet. He's not putting a lot of zip behind on his on his passes, especially the ones right up the, right up the middle. It's like he's lofting them. I, I don't know. I, I don't like what he's not fundamentally sound, which I really don't like in a quarterback. So I don't know. I don't I don't like what I'm seeing from Pat Mahomes. He's got to take some of the blame, don't you think? I think his turnover ratio is just ridiculous. Maybe um maybe producer Mike can have a look at that. I think he's got a ton of interceptions, and some of them are really bad throws. They don't have a favorable schedule moving forward either. After the Giants no. this week, like it's Packers, Raiders, Cowboys, all in the top. Broncos, Raiders again, Chargers, and Steelers. Like, mm. there's not, and then you're at the Bengals and Broncos. Like, there's there's no layup there. So, this is going to set up for one of two ways. Either they're going to completely miss the playoffs, which is likely the way they're playing right now, or something's going to happen. There's going to be a switch flipped somewhere. Hope maybe the Giants game. And they're able to pull out some victories here. And now they're in, you know, you're, you're, they're playing playoff football for the last eight weeks of the season against yeah. quality competition. So there is no, like, chance of saying, will we play down to the competition? Like, oh, well, we had the Jets and the Patriots and Dolphins to finish the season. You say, well, we're, we just weren't we're, we're challenged for the last month of the season. So we're kind of, like, rusty. This is an opportunity for them to be challenged every week to raise their game every week and say, you know what, you're going into the playoffs, a very confident team rolling against really good competition. And, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Producer Mike says the Mahomes has thrown nine interceptions in seven games. It's a lot. It's a lot. Like a couple of those games, I think he had two or three. So they were inflated a little bit, but it's not, it's not good. They throw all the time, um, and now especially they're. It's even more so because they're behind. They're playing from yeah. behind, so that's that's their bread and butter. I mean, Edwards Hilaire has been hurt, so he's kind of their mm-hmm. main back too. So their running game is taking a hit. Anyway, it's uh, yeah. it's proven the Titans. These are the Tennessee Titans are proving you know that this cyclical style might be right back. You get a, a huge back like Derrick Henry, who's a monster, and. If I told you the only touchdown that he was responsible for in the last game was a passing touchdown, you'd think I was crazy. But this guy's doing everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I, you know, like, just look no further than, than Tampa last year in the Super Bowl. They ran the ball like crazy. You have to run the ball. You have to run the ball, people. I mean, it's it's been that way forever. And all those, all those successful Patriots teams, guess what they did? They ran the ball. So... Uh, I have one more team on my panic button list, and it's the Seattle Seahawks. I know it, mm. they're two and five, um, but with Russell Wilson, they would have a lot of those deficiencies would have been hidden because he's just so damn good. And you know, with Metcalf and Lockett and all the weapons that they have, but without Wilson, they don't have a chance in hell. Um, it's definitely panic time. And uh, let me tell you about Pete Carroll. He has a history of bailing when the going gets tough. I mean, when he was a coach of the Jets, you know, he took off when they stunk. Um, he was the coach of the Patriots. He took off when they started when they started to stink, and um, and you know USC like things got hot and he bailed. So I wouldn't be surprised if Mister uh, Mister Carroll suddenly uh, calls it a career after this year, especially with the off season that Wilson had with all the rumors that he was unhappy. And I mean this can't help his cause to want to stay when your offensive line's that poor. You got the worst defense in the NFL. It's not even close. I mean they're bad. Um, to lose to a Saints team that game was awful. I mean, that can't be a good game. So I had to see. I don't know what you think about Seattle. I'm, They're on know, my list a, for a panic for yeah. sure. Again, with Russell Wilson out, that changes their whole dynamic. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, uh, the Saints, you know, when I'm trying to go my, my power rankings for this week, you know, the Saints are there at four and two. But after watching that game against Seattle, I'm like there, it's a Russell Wilson list Seattle that looks pretty poor. And, and if it wasn't for. Uh, two missed field goals. I think Seattle probably still wins that game. So right. the Saints are not like my power rankings. The NFC stop at five. After that, mm. I'm like, it's it's a crapshoot. Mm. Um, but Seattle for sure hits the panic button. Is Pete Carroll the best coach though from college to the NFL who's made that transition? Let's say in in the at least in the last I don't know <sighs> twenty years. Uh, name me one better. I mean. Uh, no, uh, yeah, he's he's you know ph- phenomenal. The success he's had in Seattle, at least, 
Um, I can't name any anybody who's come up and really dominated in the NFL. Um, I mean, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know Belichick what his college like. Usually, you go through some sort of college uh, coaching stint before you make the NFL. Generally, I don't speaking, recall. I don't know if Belichick ever did it. No, he was an assistant with the Colts way back in the day with Johnny Unitas days. And then he kind of just hung around Bill Parcells the rest of his career. And uh, and then he took over the Patriots job. Like, I mean, it was he's literally been, I think he started off as a ball boy for the Colts or something like that. So he's been around the NFL for a year. So okay. it's crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, from a major um, program, I think Pete Carroll is probably the most successful that I've seen. Absolutely. Did I miss it? Did you, is there, were there any teams that I missed on your, uh, um, on your panic button team? <laughs> Well, the Vikings was one that I thought might be a panic type button as well, uh, just because of the yeah they're five hundred. But the expectations for the Vikings this season were way higher than they are right now. Again, you know, with uh, Cousins and Cook and Jefferson and Jefferson coming into his own, and you know their defense yeah. being pretty decent and stuff too, and the fact yeah. that the you know they're in a division where. You know, Green Bay wasn't Bears, too sure. Lions. I mean, we were talking Aaron Rodgers wasn't necessarily going to come back. He didn't get a lot of extra help in the weapons category, the Bears or whatever, the Lions are garbage. So you kind of, like, expect <laughs> them to do better than 3-3. Three and three. So yeah. for me, that would be uh, a panic button one. Uh, we already talked the Chiefs. Uh, I mean, the Falcons were probably a write-off. Uh, you know, are they, though? Well, Here they are at 3-4 and four or whatever they're sitting in. It's like... They just don't. They won't go away. But three and three, win. and they they kicked a field goal to win the game late, which was I think was a huge mental hurdle <laughs> that they overcame yeah. to be able to win a game after being down, you know, with a few seconds left. Yeah. Uh, again, they're maybe not a straight panic button, but they're in my. They were on my like outside list. Falcons, sure. even you know Broncos, kind of, and and the Colts were also in that sort of like, where are they? Can they kind of take that next step? Uh, yeah. Some close games, some real exciting ones from uh, Indianapolis, but um, you know you got to you got to be able to seal the deal. And, and Carson Wentz, you think is their guy? Is he necessarily? There's a couple of plays that he made in that uh, rainy game that I uh, watched uh, on the weekend. It was mm-hmm. the Niners, maybe. Anyway, some advised throws for sure. Uh, and yeah. they, had, they had just finished talking about how he hasn't thrown an interception in like 200 pass attempts. <laughs> and the next throw he makes, boom. It's not even a um, throw, but anyway, yeah. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, I think we've covered off all the uh, all the panic button teams, but now I've got my power rankings. I've got my power six. Um, so I picked six teams uh, throughout the NFL, not just the AFC and NFC. But why don't we start with your power rankings? Uh, how you how do you break them down? Is it by conference or is it by the the entire league? Let's hear what you got first. I have it by conference, so AFC NFC. Uh, okay, doesn't necessarily go by. Um, like it doesn't go by like the top four being the divisional winners or whatever. Just, just the strongest teams. Yeah. Just your, your idea of who the strongest teams are. Okay. Let's hear them. Yeah. So, uh, you say AFC or NFC? AFC. AFC. Well, now I feel the pressure because somebody just came into the. Oh, (laughs) Curtis Fleming is in the house. Hasn't been here for multiple. How's it going boys? How you doing? How you doing, my good? man? Kane wasn't at practice today, so I, uh, I'm here live. You bailed out early. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You're just in time for our AFC power rankings. I hear that. Where does I'm Buffalo not. sit? Well, you know, just hang tight. We're going we're gonna to mention it. Oh, look at Brock's going first. He's good. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right. So All right. Uh, my AFC power rankings for this week. Uh, the Tennessee Titans are number one. Wow. The Cincinnati Bengals are number two. Wow. The Buffalo Bills are number three. The Raiders are four. Ravens, five. Browns are six. So are you saying that if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, the Bills would be hosting a wild card game while the top two teams would be sitting at home? Right now. Wow. Big statement. Repeat them. Sorry, Titans. I got Titans, Bengals, Bengals, Bills. Raiders, Ravens, Browns. Titans, okay. I, who would have thought the Bengals at this juncture, seven weeks in going into week eight, which would be on a normal season, maybe be just close to the halfway mark, uh, if you consider bye weeks and all that. Who would have thunk the Bengals would be the team that we're talking about out of Ohio? Not me. No, not at all. But, I mean, they, they got some quality wins. I mean, you know what they're the doing? The Ravens now? are 
are a good team, and they destroyed them. You know what the Bengals are doing really well? Well, I think they're what? They're fourth in the league in rushing, number one. So they're rushing the ball. um, Joe Mixon's one of the better running backs in the league. But it's all, like, off-play action. It's all – Burrow's going under center, and he's – I mean, Chase is one-on-one because of play action. I, I don't know why teams don't do more of this. Run the ball effectively. Well, try to run the ball effectively anyways, and and pass off play action. Rather than these four wide receiver sets and try to spread the field, it, I mean, it, NFL's figured it out. Like, it, it's cyclical. And I think that's the one thing that the Bills might be – I mean, they ran the ball pretty well their last game, but I really wish they would do a little bit more from under center. Like, you know, they could do so much with that offense. Allen's so agile. Do they have that kind of running back to be able to do that, though? Do they have the kind of running game to be able to do that? Well, don't bet on Singletary to get over 60 yards, eh, Curtis? Because <laughs> yeah. that screwed us. And this is, look, this is a power ranking for whatever it is. Week 7, okay, the Bills were neutral last week, so they didn't go up or down necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if, you would ask, if you ask me at the end of the season where they're going to be, do I think the Bills are going to be third? No. I think there's going to be some jumping there. I think the Bills' schedule is a little bit favorable um, for them as well. So, you know, I I do think the Bills bounce back and they finish in the top two. I think they get uh, a bye in the the first round. But as of today, that was my power ranking. So what do you have, Pep? AFC. Interesting. Let me hear your NFC picks. Oh, my God. He put them in the hot seat. Okay, NFC. Like I said, NFC – I got five, and then six is like, roll the dice, whoever it is. Cards, still got to be the cards. They're undefeated still. There's a reason. Cards, Packers, Cowboys, Bucks, Rams, and then I have Saints and Vikings. Really, I have nobody. I don't think either of those teams are the sixth. It's just Mm -hmm. they're less bad than the rest of them. Yeah, sure. They all, there's a bunch, they're clumped up, right? Like, even the Bears are three and three, for crying out loud. Like, I mean, it's just not. Yeah, you know, what are you gonna do? It's kind of a messy. It's always been like the NFC. I find that the 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 lower tier teams are all. I mean, one of them's gonna make the playoffs just to get their butts handed to them in the in the wild card. So it's, it should be interesting. Um, my power rankings are. I, I did. I picked the top six in the NFL. I didn't go conference. Okay. I thought I would just okay. change it up just so we can have it a little different. And so I'll start six to one. I'll go. My my number six team is Dallas. By the way, I wanted to mention. Um, Panic button teams. This sounds crazy, but because they're six and one. But the Packers, half their offense is on COVID list this week. They're gonna they're gonna lose to Arizona on Thursday. I mean, Lazard is on the COVID list. He's not playing. Devonte Adams not playing. Okay, Devonte Adams for- means something. Lazard doesn't. Yeah, I mean, who's left to catch the ball? Randall Cobb went to get Jordy Nelson while they're at it. I mean, it's just a hot mess. I gotta go pick up Cobb in my eight fantasy leagues. Hey, Curdy. There you go. There you go. You got the. I just gave you guys the four one one. I hope I get a little piece of this piece of that pie. Um, anyways, okay. Uh, my number six team is Dallas. Um, just hey, uh, five and one's five and one, and they're leading their division, and now they're two games up on everybody, or three games, whatever it is, three games, um, and they're playing good football. I mean, yeah. That Trevon Diggs is the, probably the most exciting player I've seen. Uh, in the secondary since Sanders, maybe like he's fun to watch. So uh, number at number five and Kurt, don't kill me because they could easily be number two on my list. And this, again, this is it the bills. Could it be the bills? bills. It is the Buffalo bills. This, Oh, he's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Legit turned off. All right. But I have the bills at five. They they could easily be number two on this list, but fifth in the NFL is pretty impressive. Um, but their losses to Tennessee and Pitt, I thought, I think just have them, I have to sit them at five. I mean, there's no other way to look at it. Yeah. Um, at four, overall in the NFL, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they went into Pittsburgh and Baltimore, division rivals, and kicked their asses. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they laid the lumber to Baltimore. They sacked Lamar Jackson five times. So the difference between this Bengals team um, you know, and other teams is that their defense is legit. And on offense, I think their coaching has to get all the credit. They're doing everything that their that their offense is strong at doing, which is run block. <laughs> and even their pass game is all off play action. So, it's, you know, uh, it buys Burrow a little bit extra time. Mm-hmm. So they're not having Burrow sit back there and just be a sitting duck because their offensive line isn't that strong at pass blocking. They're They're just doing everything right. 
can they sustain it? Will teams adjust? Probably. But we'll see how long they can ride this wave. I mean, you know, once teams start putting seven or eight in the box and figuring out that they run first, I think we're going to start seeing the Bengals come crashing to earth a bit. But, I mean, that's a fun team. You know, that's a fun team. They they kicked Baltimore's ass, and I enjoyed every second of it. The thing with How the... many times can I say ass? <laughs> I don't know. Before we get pulled off the air. Uh, <laughs> the thing with the NFL, like... There's schematics that can come into play from a defensive coordinator's role to say, you know, we're going to try and counteract Cincinnati's offense or what they're doing. But oftentimes, because the talent is so tight across the board, what happens is, like we're seeing with Kansas City and with Buffalo, we say, okay, Buffalo didn't beat Kansas City last year, um, so they need to adjust. It's not necessarily that the scheme didn't work, but they didn't have the right characteristics of a player Mm in mm-hmm. that position to execute the defense. So what they do in the offseason, they then either draft or, or pick up or um, get a player with the attributes needed to be in that specific position of the defense to be effective, and that's what they do in the offseason. So sometimes we talk about that, are they going to catch up? They will catch up to these teams and how they do it, depending on does it matter. So how well do the Bengals do in the long run? You know, is it a team that beat them in the playoffs? They say, well, we need to beat the Bengals. If the Bengals don't make the playoffs or they never face the, the, the Bengals and it's the Bills that beat them, they're going to tailor their defense to making sure they can beat the team that they think they have to beat. But mm-hmm. it's in the offseason that they can make a lot of personnel changes um, and adjust and play with those attributes for that scheme that will then help the defense, which is what we're seeing with Kansas City and saying, you know, these guys are able to cover better these, you know, the, the second, third, fourth option guys that are in coverages are now better at it because they Kansas City was exploiting that before. Mm-hmm. So they're yeah, absolutely anyway, it's not going to be as as week to week, I guess, is my point. That's a good point. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I had Bengals at the at the four. The number three overall team in the NFL for me is Tampa Bay. I mean, Tom is just being Tom and he torched the Bears. And I, I feel for the Bears, man, it's. <laughs> Uh, two steps forward, three steps back with that team. Uh, number two, I have the Titans. Again, this could easily be the Bills slot, but at four and two, but their their win wins recently. I have to I have to put them at two. You know, beating the Bills, beating the Chiefs, and they're built to win. Like a you know solid running game. If they have one weakness, it might be at tight end. You know, they lost J- Jonu Smith to uh, uh, the New England Patriots. I think maybe they have a weakness there. But apart from that, man, when they get uh, Julio back. Oof, that's a scary team. And they, again, they're built to win. They run the ball first. And it's just like, what do you do? And Tannehill's underrated. I mean, he doesn't turn the ball over. Um, he's not flashy, but he makes all the right plays. Oh, what we the got heck? a dog. Who's got a dog? House. We got a dog. What? All right. I can, like, I can mute, like my I mute his mic. Play- We're good. A, did you, did you get the dog to bark? Cause I didn't put bills at number two. That's incredible timing. Yeah. He looked a little panicky there. Where's the dog? And my num- Whose dog is that? Before I tell my number one team, who is that? Whose dog is that? He's, oh, he's muted. Sorry, he's muted. He's mute. He's back on now. Okay. All right. He's just not moving his mouth. All right. <laughs> right. Well, listen, my number one team is Arizona. Uh, 7-0, 7-0. And uh, they keep winning, and they're probably going to beat the Packers this way. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers is able to beat uh, Arizona Cardinals with no receivers – then, uh, you know, we could be talking about Green Bay is number one next week. That's how volatile and important this game is on Thursday. So there's our power rankings. I didn't mention the Rams, Raiders, yeah. uh, Baltimore, Chargers. I mean, again, those are honorables. They're just not in my top six. Sorry. All right. I can appreciate that. Uh, I probably would have the Titans over the cards. And it, the cards yeah, are undefeated, four. but I find that the, the Titans – have more impressive wins, although the Titans did lose week one to the Cardinals, I guess, so you kind of have I mean, to. Week one, though. I mean, the Saints destroyed the Packers. I mean, right that week off. Bills lost to Pittsburgh. I mean, does that happen now if we they're playing next week? Uh, probably not. Yeah. In my opinion. All right. Anyway, th- there's our World Series. Uh, there's our uh, NFL roundup. Um, you know, look. And that was uh, Curtis who had shown his face, and now he's in the background again. He gone. He gone. All right. That was his intro music. Um, Had I known, I should have put it on. I know. I like that. I like it.
So, um, we got the World Series starting tonight, and um, we don't have a horse in the race, obviously, right? The Jays yeah, are out, we do. So. The Braves. The Braves right. are my well, horse in the race because well, of Houston. Alex Anthopoulos. I think I think you know we we both know what AA did for us in 2015 and 2016. Well, 2015 in particular. Um, you going for the Braves just for that reason alone, or just because you hate the Astros so much? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, the Braves have a, a, a sprinkle of stuff that I care about, uh, and the Titan and the Titans. The Houston has a big boatload of things I don't like. That's fair. I mean, you know, the Braves remind me of uh, the Washington Nationals from 2019 who won the World Series. You know, they had a sprinkle of veterans. They had a couple of up-and-comers. And if you look at uh, the Braves lineup, it's very similar. You know, they they went, they went lost uh, Marcelo Zuna to, I think, either injury or suspension. I can't remember. And they lost Ronald Ocuna Jr. to injury, who was their best player, who's arguably one of the best players in baseball. And rather than go down the toilet, which they could have easily have done, they went out and picked up Adam Duvall to play center field and Jock Peterson, who has all kinds of World Series experience with the Dodgers. And look at them now. And here they are. And uh, I'm ch- I'm cheering hard for the Atlanta Braves. I really am. Uh, they have good pitching. They remind me so much of those Nationals teams from a couple of years ago. So, And guess who the Nationals beat in 2019? Uh, you guessed it. The Houston Astros. So hey. will history repeat itself? I hope Any, so. Anything can happen. I hope so. Uh, time hope. for, uh, give us our second question for yes. those who uh, are playing along one way or the other. Um, what NFL team was originally mm-hmm. called the Titans? <laughs> oh, why don't I know this? What NFL team was originally okay. called the Titans? I don't okay. want to give the city away because I might help a little bit, but I think your brother wants back in on this. Oh, my brother is—he said, "Put me back in." All right, let's get him in. That's what he said. Is it... Oh my goodness! Here we oh. go. You didn't say that. Oh no! <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I need I need the Ted Lasso intro music. <laughs> he does <laughs> when like he comes Sudeikis, out with that stash. Yeah, Shawn Michaels. All right. Do you happen to know that, Curtis? What what NFL team was originally named the Titans? Didn't think so. All right, good. No. It's a tough one. I misread we'll that. Anybody... He said, put me in the back. He didn't say put me back in. My bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It's a good <laughs> thing you're wearing your glasses. Good day, sir. Good day to you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. What's next? Well, there's our World Series game one tonight. Where I'm excited for it, and uh, you know, hey, the Jays should be watching closely at uh, Carlos Correa because uh, he's going to be available. Anyway, uh, uh, let's talk a little hockey, a little puck, a little puck, a little puck. Yeah. I was looking at the uh, the standings today. Uh, not that they matter when you're six games into an 82 game season, but some interesting uh, standings. Uh, how about the Florida Panthers in the Atlantic? This is the NHL East. The Atlantic Division. They're six and zero, oh. and uh, I forgot Joe Thornton's on that roster. Yeah, which, uh, Joe Thornton is no fool. Yeah, <laughs> he said, "Oh, can I sign back with Toronto?" Hmm, I'm good. Something doesn't smell right here, <laughs> so I'm going to go to Florida. And six and zero oh versus two and four. Yeah, so uh, far you look smart. Nice segue because the bottom three teams in the Atlantic, so Florida sitting at six and zero. Oh, the bottom three teams are the, are the Leafs, Sens, and Habs in that order. Uh, like six, seven, eight, or whatever it is. The Leafs lost four one to the Carolina Hurricanes, who are also undefeated. Um, they also lost the seven game, to one to Pittsburgh Penguins, a decimated Pittsburgh Penguins with no Crosby, no, Crosby, no, Malkin, no Malkin, no whatever. Like seven to one. Here's my problem with Sheldon Keefe, their head coach. <laughs> Yesterday he said, uh, "I thought we played well." I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I thought he played. We played well. Um, there's a lot of lessons we could have learned uh, that we'll take forward moving on. Like, I know you're just saying the coach is crap, but like you got a veteran team it, you're expected to win. What lessons are left to learn? Like you're done learning lessons. You, you were, uh, you, you were up three, one against Montreal. You lost that series. There's no more lessons. Now you picked up Wayne Simmons. You went out and picked up a couple of vets. You lost a couple of vets right now. You're built to win now because your fan base is getting impatient 
I mean, enough with Marner, Matthews, and Nylander. Okay, they've been around. This is what fourth, fifth season together. Like, what lessons are left? You pay. You you are paying so much money in your salaries to avoid lessons. Right. You're paying that money to avoid the lessons that need to be learned by younger players and by inexperience and whatever. You want to avoid those. It's not the message you want to send to your fan base in Toronto that hey we're we'll take we'll learn lessons and and be better for for what for losing four one and seven one back to back. I mean the the Leafs fan base is an understanding fan base. They're very patient. <laughs> they... <laughs> I think one guy said move the team to Hamilton in in one of the. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's a little harsh. A little harsh. But anyway, out of the out of the Canadian teams that are the bottom of that division. Uh, the Sens are right behind them, but I think the Sens are fun to watch. I mean, they had a really fun game, even though they lost to Washington. It was fun to watch, but uh, I think the Sens are... Um, I, I like I like what I see from the Sens. The goaltending's held up. Again, the last game's a, a you know, a, abomination. <laughs> it's Washington team's good. But, like, Forsberg and Gustafson and Matt Murray, those are good, good goalies. I think Matt Murray just landed himself back on the IR, but I think the Sens are in good hands. I think out of the three teams, the Sens might be the most promising. Promising, right? Uh, you know, that's a new wild. fact checker is saying that uh, the Leaf fans are already throwing jerseys on the ice. I didn't see that, but I would not I, be surprised. Wow. Well, they're fed up. I mean, you know, they they uh, maybe Zach Hyman was a big loss. I think you know, and they're that's a team that we're going to talk about just in a few minutes here. But like, they lost their guts, you know. And Wayne Simmons is a good player, but if he's all you got in terms of guts. Like, they lost those gritty guys they didn't bring back. Uh, and where's Tavares? Like, is he even – I haven't even – his name doesn't even come up in half the highlights. Is he playing center? Is he playing – is he first line, second line? Like, I don't – what's going on with that squad? What's wrong with them? Oh, they're, oh, they're still no, – st- <laughs> what's, what's the problem with the Leafs right now? Are they not as deep as people think they are? Yeah, I'm not the guy to ask for that right now. Um, I've watched – Half of a game. It was uh, the Pittsburgh game. There was nothing, you know, other than after Pittsburgh scored the first goal, which I got my kids to watch because we had put $3 on Pittsburgh scoring first. <laughs> and then I was like, I should probably bet on on Toronto because they're going to come back hard, which they did, and they got a goal, and then they completely thought they're just going to run with it, say, oh, that was a wake-up call after the first goal, and we're just going to go. And then all of a sudden, it was bang, 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 bang. And that's not an exaggeration because there were six other goals that Pittsburgh scored um, with predominantly role players. Latang was out too. Like, there's just – it was role yeah. players. It was it was actually a lot of fun to watch on mm-hmm. a Pittsburgh side where you say, you know what, mm-hmm. these guys are, are playing with heart. I haven't mm-hmm. seen that in Toronto – since that playoff run in like 98 or something like that, or what, 2000, whatever it was, the Gary Roberts was the only like veteran player left. And all these young guys came up and they were all playing Gary Roberts hockey and they had the uh, GRH written on their arms and they were playing, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like that kind of fired up hockey. I have not seen that energy, enthusiasm, desire, Mm -hmm. grit, um, fight from a Toronto Maple Leafs team since that series. Mm, yeah, it's a good point. You know, and I, you know, one thing that struck me when they, I was watching their home opener, when they introduced the players one by one, and they come out the ice. And one of the things that really struck me is that I didn't recognize half their roster. Like, I mean, I don't, they lost guys. I didn't know Thornton's gone and Hyman's gone and a few other guys. I'm like, I don't recognize half these guys. And, uh, you know, Jason Spezza leads their team in goals. I mean, that's, it's good for Spezza. I'm happy for him, mm. but that's probably not what they want. I don't think they want their oldest player leading their team in goals. You know, I know Matthews is just coming back from injury and all that, but where's Marner's been a, basically a ghost on the ice. So um, there's trouble there. Troubles a Bruin and Kyle Dubas. I'm, I got to give him a D minus with, with the job he's done in the last two seasons. Uh, goaltending. I mean, you're, you've gone into the season with Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek. I mean, you got problems there. The Metropolitan Division, I mean, there's no Canadian teams in there. I just thought I'd mention Carolina's 5-0 and Washington's 4-0 and Pittsburgh's 3-0. That's going to be a super competitive division. Pretty wild. Um, in the West, the Blues are 5-0 and in the Central. And, again, it's a bunch of American teams uh, right in behind them. So 
not a whole lot of interest from this perspective. But in the Pacific, you got the Oilers at five and one, San Jose four and one, and you got Calgary and Vancouver. I think Calgary's three one and one, Vancouver yeah. three and two. So it's going to be a tight race. It's nice to see the Canadian teams in the West. I don't get a chance to see much of them because I'm basically I fall asleep um, when they <laughs> the games kick off. But uh, Edmonton looks incredible, and with the, the we aforementioned Zach Hyman. What an addition to that roster, you know? Hey, Edmonton looks really good. But again, yeah. you know, it, it, time will tell. Edmonton looked really good in the Dome. You know, they were mm-hmm. playing lights-out hockey all over the place. But when it came down to the playoffs and that sort mm-hmm. of tighter brand of hockey, it didn't work out so well. So, you know, I what guess. does Hyman bring to their uh, their locker room, their, their lineup when they start getting into those kind of situations? You know, again... Time will tell. I he, I'm not surprised Edmonton has a fast start. I think I think you bring a guy like Hyman in just for that reason, actually, for um, if hopefully he's healthy come playoffs. But you bring him in for that. What you just said, you know, they struggled when the when the ice gets a little bit smaller in the playoffs stuff. I think he's a perfect guy, you know, right in front of the net. He's a gritty guy. Yeah, because uh, like I mean, it, it transferred really well when he was wearing his Toronto uh, uniform. It <laughs> brought that spark they needed. <laughs> Just throwing haymakers. You got you and your brother throwing haymakers this week. I love it. Absolute haymakers. <laughs> it's brutal. I'm seriously. I was watching that that ah uh, 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 whatever. What Mike uh, sent it to us in the back. The the uh, the Leafs show all or nothing. Uh, I think they changed the title to capitalize nothing because there's constantly <laughs> nothing that comes of it. But it was interesting to watch behind, and you know, you give Dubas a, a D grade and stuff like that. Like it was interesting in that show, uh, you know, to see the moves he made at the deadline when they were in the dome and getting Flino and, and the negotiations there, and then getting Riddich mm-hmm. as a, as another goalie for some uh, uh, some depth there with Anderson being hurt and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, I mean, it, it was hilarious. I was dying every time that they had, you know, they talked about the game puck. And they gave somebody the game puck. I, mm-hmm. Not every time because it was only like two laughs. But they gave the game puck and then they would go and they had the Stanley Cup thing that you would put the pucks in, right? So you'd have your four pucks and another four pucks, another series. And everyone you won, like that gets you there. And literally the show series ended after like three of them. That was it. And <laughs> I'm just like, how is this even? At one point you just scrap it. You say, never mind. It's not even worth it because we're out in the first <laughs> round and we planned on another five episodes to follow them in the playoffs and they're out. And uh, you just think that's just, uh, you know, not, not only are they disappointing me on the ice, they're disappointing me in my entertainment value for like TV <laughs> series now. Yeah. No kidding. I uh, look that bubble. That whole bubble was just, um, it was a good novelty. It wore off pretty quick. I don't think it's the real rigors of hockey and you're seeing the good teams step up. Um, and, you know, I, I, that's Montreal's one in five right now. I mean, the bubble was a little easier. The travel's a little easier and stuff like that. Now they're seeing real hockey, and I know they've lost all their players. But anyway, we'll, we'll touch base. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of hockey in a week or two again, see how our Canadian teams are doing, follow up with the Sens and Habs and Leafs. And, uh, real and quick question for you. Yeah. Where does the Seattle Kraken jersey fall within your overall NHL ah. jerseys? I like the logo. I like the S. Uh, I like the that color of the logo, but I don't like the navy blue. How many teams have the that dark blue? Like they could have picked, they could have gone Seattle Sonics colors. You know, go green and yellow or something. Like you pick the same color that almost half the league wear. So I give it a, I give it. It's like middle of the pack because I like the logo, but I don't. I just and good lord, with Vegas and the LA Kings, like they got to change their their chrome helmets. Vegas wears that gold thing, and now uh, the LA Kings have this chrome dome that they're going to wear. Like, what? You look ridiculous. And you look even dumber if you lose the game you're wearing it at. So, anyway, I went off base there, but, like, the Kraken, they're middle of the pack. I just don't like that navy blue. Everyone's got it. The chrome doesn't work for the hockey helmets as much as it does a football helmet. Terrible. Terrible. I'm trying to look to see if I have that. uh, I'm upset. Sound bite. I can't find it, though. <laughs> it's a nice logo. I like the the Kraken logo. It's a, yeah. it's a cool logo. I like the the, the baby blue, but I, I do not like the navy blue. Anyway, um, we're we're gonna finish our show with our our favorite roundups. You're gonna talk NCAA football, and I'm just gonna talk about the Raptors really quickly before we uh, we call it a night. 
Um, Raptor Roundup, they're 1-3 after a week of basketball. Uh, they've been competitive, except for uh, the one-game home opener against the Wizards. They've been competitive in every game. They lost a really tight one to the Bulls yesterday. And let me tell you, for those of you who rag on DeMar DeRozan, <clears throat> he is the real deal. There's a reason why we had to give him up to get up a, a guy of the quality of Kawhi Leonard. If you watched the game last night, uh, Bulls versus Raptors, you saw exactly DeMar DeRozan's value to the game. He hits the jump shot. He hit, I think he hit four clutch jumpers with two minutes left to go to keep the Bulls up by five or six every single time. Uh, he, he drained a three, which was one of his biggest criticisms. Um, he's just so good. He's, he's far improved on defense, and he's just a professional. Man, I would have loved to see him come back to Toronto this year. Um, I miss him. I miss having that go-to guy, which is what Toronto lacks. Clearly, that's what they lack. They don't have that clutch guy that gets you the bucket when uh, when the chips are down. You need a bucket, like, big time. They don't have that guy right now. So Fred Van Vliet is not that guy. OG and Ananobi is not that guy. Um, so that's a negative on the positive. Scotty Barnes is an incredible rookie. He's got to be my leader for rookie of the year. He does it all. He's a walking triple-double soon. Um, really exciting. So anyway... I'm looking forward to seeing them. Uh, they're one and three. I, they could end up being 500. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But that's my Raptor roundup for week one. Brock, um, NCAA football this week. You were. I don't feel the, the excitement coming out of you like I used to. Like, what's going on? Is it because Florida is just not – what's going on? Look, Florida is in a <laughs> world of hurt, okay? Yeah. So it's going to be um, – you know, there's chance for firing Dan Mullen. Obviously, they got to get rid of their uh, their defensive coordinator. That was an issue from last year. Anyway, it was also a bye week for them last week, so whatever. Last okay. week, you know, notable games that were interesting. Cincinnati, who's ranked number two, squeaks out a burner with Navy, only winning by seven. They won. And then Penn State actually lost to Illinois in nine overtimes. I saw that. So that's going to affect their uh, their status and actually drop them uh, all the way down to twenty. So they or that's a second loss because they lost to Iowa over in the, in the beginning of the season or midway. Anyway, the games to watch this weekend: Florida, as bad as they are, <laughs> can step up and have potential. I'm. Really curious to see how they do against Georgia. Anyway, that's 3 o'clock, 3.30. That's the world's largest tailgate party. No, world's largest cocktail party, they call it. It's in Jacksonville, Florida. Half Florida, half Georgia fans. It's a yearly event that is spectacular. It's something on my bucket list to check out. Um, is it going to go great this this year? I doubt it. But... Um, <laughs> You never know. I'm curious. I want to see, is Dan Mullen going to play Anthony Richardson now as the starter, wearing number 15, first quarterback to wear 15 since Tebow left. Has a lot of the same attributes and characteristics, kind of a Cam Newton style. Cam Newton also played at Florida until he stole a laptop that got kicked out and then transferred. Anyway, uh, that's a game, 3.30. You want to check that out. Iowa-Wisconsin could be interesting at noon, but honestly, change the channel. Michigan-Michigan State, that's the game you want to watch uh, for okay. at, at noon. That's Michigan 6 at Michigan State, number 8. So that's going to actually be a really good game. Um, and then uh, we got Ole Miss at number 10 is hosting Auburn, number 18, or not hosting, they're at Auburn at 7 o'clock, which will be a good one as well. Kentucky-Mississippi State at 7 o'clock is going to be great. 7.30 is Pitney, uh, Penn State Nittany Lions, who are number 20. They should have a chip on their shoulder and something to prove, but they're going to the horseshoe to play number 5, Ohio State. This is Ohio State's Ooh. probably their first actual competition. That's at 7.30, so that's a game you want to be watching. Um, and let's see how that plays out because they're going to have – uh, Michigan, I think, in a couple weeks. But the Michigan – so there's a couple of Big Ten games this weekend. That Who's are Oklahoma really, got? Um, uh, they're nobody, uh, Yeah, they're undefeated. But actually, I don't have them here at all. So they're, they're on a bye week, I guess, which means that next week they'll have somebody decent because they usually schedule their, uh, their tough games sort of the week before. With, they'll have a bit of a downtime, which is what Florida did this year. They do – uh, the bye week. Anyway, I don't see them on next week either. Oh, Texas Tech is at Oklahoma. Sorry, at 3.30. Okay. Texas Tech is at Oklahoma. So that's Pat, this week? Uh, yeah, Pat Mahomes' alma mater at Oklahoma. And Oklahoma has been starting their 
freshman quarterback, right? So they sat Spencer Rattler. He's no longer their starter, and he was a Heisman hopeful, the favorite Heisman mm. Uh, at the beginning of the season. So uh, that was big on them to uh, to sit them. But I think that uh, they'd likely roll Texas Tech. But you never know. Texas and Baylor play as well. There's some really good games this weekend. You know, some of them are key matchups that are ranked. But um, I tell you, Michigan, Michigan State, I'm a watch. The Penn State, Ohio State, I'm a watch. And obviously, I will be sporting the orange front and center for the Florida-Georgia game. And... If I show my face next week, that'll be a surprise. But I don't anticipate it going <laughs> super nicely for Florida. But college football is starting to ramp up, and things are really starting to change. So um, definitely tune in and follow it. Cincinnati is one of those teams that even though they're they're number two and they're kind of – I still feel like on the outside in. They're one mistake away, and they'll drop out of the top ten because they got their schedule is like Tulane this week and stuff too. So you get a team like Navy that sneaks up on you and, and – Takes you right out of that hunt. Takes your dreams away. Sucks your soul out and puts it on the side. <laughs> That's what Cincinnati is okay. in danger of having happen. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's go. We got one more question. Let's go one question. So we got three of them, and then people can put their uh, answers in or whatever. Uh, do you have one should more we, question? Should we repeat? Let's repeat the first two that we had. First question was, what were the numbers? Uh, what was the third number that Michael Jordan wore? He wore 20. Obviously, he wore 23. He wore 45 when he came out back from retirement the first time. What was the third number he wore? And what was your question? Uh, what NFL team was originally named the Titans? I think I know this, but I'm going to just keep it. And then the uh, third question, you, uh, what's yours? Is it good? No, you, my, nah, it's not, probably not as good as yours. Yeah, I don't think mine's that great either. Uh, what's the only sport to have been played on the moon? <laughs> Is that a real question? What? Yeah. Is that a real question? Yeah. The only sport to be played on the moon? To have been played on the moon, yeah. Anyway. Wow. Okay. I well, thought that luck. was good yeah. luck, I thought that was gonna be uh Yeah, Curtis Curtis got it in the back. He got it. Okay. Well I'll keep my mouth shut there. I see it. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I think uh that takes <laughs> us to the hour. Um <laughs> Little, well done, uh, team. little surprise action with Curtis coming in there. I love it. This is the song you were jamming to uh, last week when uh, I was coming on, Everything trying to find a good tune. Anyway, this is for you, Pap. And right. uh, still be friends, what it's called. Guys, have a great week. Watch college football, baseball tonight. NFL's heating up. Love it. NHL, it's not quite the season yet, but the Leafs are already out of the playoffs. Moving on. <laughs> I'm home, back door to Oracle, get I'm home, king of the bay, getting dome on my throne, oh, diamond in the rough, uncut gems, she not my girlfriend, no, we just friends, somehow I fit six, all in one bins, all of us buddies, all friends, looking like a snack, she'll devour me, your boyfriend's whole salary's my hourly, throwing bands in Miami, it's showering, bad boy, I'm the white Mike Lowry, so I'm the closest thing, now can we still be friends? Can we f and still be friends? You know? And if you ever f a friend, uh, I'd be the closest uh, thing. So can we f and still be friends? I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. T Rob, yeah. I could pull any bitch, man, it's automatic. Yeah. Too many alcohol, I'm a big fanatic. Have my diamonds OD chain so dramatic. Like a Madam Sandler, she call me Big Daddy. I'm insane in the brain, but you know body. I got shoddy in the frame, waiting in the lobby. Logging in my account, that's my favorite hobby. I like a new with a new body. Bad bitch, I need all that.
to the gym in a work day. I got wristwatch, I got big glock, I got a bunch of pretty bitches trying to lip lock. See the rodeo, my wrist and it on TikTok. If you nasty when I fuck you, let my bitch watch. I said right cheek, I said left cheek. It is so good, you gon' feel it next week. When I kill a bitch, they gon' arrest me. I be looking at it like, don't test me. Say that, don't it like that, that, that. I be all up in the bitch till there's nothing up there. In the nighttime, till the sun up, yeah. No pun intended, shawty, you will come up, yeah. Know, yeah. Hey. Don't do So I'm the closest thing now. Can we can still be friends though? And if you ever fuck a friend, I'll be the closest thing. So can we can still be friends though? Yeah, buddy. One week it's uh, <laughs> big dick energy, and now it's can we fucking still be friends? No, no, it's a radio <laughs> edit version. 